Hey guys, this is Joe. I like one with small hands. They make my dick look big. Hey guys, it's Eric, and I was not ready for Joe's quote. <laughs> We're chasing a ghost, Raj. You go in that clubhouse, he's there. You're at home plate, he's there. You're in the outfield, he's there. The fat fuck, he's everywhere. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Yankee Stadium. This is a fantastic story, fellas. Two Yankees playing in the house that Ruth built, both going after his record. It's great for baseball. Holy cow! There it goes! Back to the wall! It's gone! Maris comes over from Kansas City, first year with the team. He beats Mickey out for the MVP. You're telling me Mano wouldn't be pissed off that Maris doesn't have something to prove? How about the home run record? You think you got a shot at the bait? I think if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Mickey. It's pretty amazing the guy can play at all, considering how much pain he's in. Maybe if he took better care of himself, he wouldn't be injured so much. It's a tough town not to have fun in. You can write what you want, Sam. The fans love this guy. They love him. How come Maris never smiles? He's having the season of his life, and he looks like a zombie out there. Number seven. Mickey Mantle. It says 80% of the fans are rooting for Mickey. Well, I guess that seems right. Yeah. Why is that? I don't know, maybe I'm not a New York kind of guy, Sam. I'm just some dumb redneck from North Dakota. As for the M&M boys, I'm told there's a feud growing between Are we feud? Yeah, I guess so. It's on TV. Well, you, Yours. Now there's a couple of huckleberries out there letting Roger know they don't want him to break Ruth's record. Can you believe this? They're booing him in his own ballpark. Why has it got to be they've only got room in their hearts for one guy? I don't know, sweetheart. You guys are all over him day and night. A film by Billy Crystal. You're like a movie star to these people, you know. But me, if I don't want to talk about things and I just want to play ball, what does that make me? I mean, does it make me the bad guy? There's no bad guy, Rosh. Thomas Jane. Barry Pepper. 61. You're listening to Worth a Late Fee, the podcast where two former video rental clerks watch movies that they may have recommended at one time, see if they still think that the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again, even if it meant paying a late fee. How you doing, Joe? Not bad, Eric. How are you? <laughs> good. I think I recovered pretty well after that quote. Yeah, I, it was I pretty was, good. I'm not, I'm, when I was watching that, like that was like one of the first times in the movie. As I was watching, I'm like, I'm going to drop this one down, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is a good line. <laughs> it is a good line. Uh, so what else do we have? Yeah, it's been two it's weeks. Oh wow, yeah. It's been watching anything good or what's new? I uh well, we've with our two-week absence here, we've missed a lot. Oscar drama aside, have you seen the movies that uh I could see, like Coda, for example, that one? I have not seen any of the movies, but I do I do want to speak after you're done. I want I wanna speak on the the yes. Oscar. So I'm super happy that Coda won Best Picture. Everyone thought it was going to be going towards, which is a good movie, part of the dog. But Kodo's kind of like, I feel like the underdog. And it was really nice seeing a movie like that win Best Picture. And I guess a local movie. So Gloucester Mass. It's a very, very, it's a very good movie. So if you one of my wife and I's, one of my wife and I's favorite places in the world. We go, especially like spring through fall, we probably go. It actually started. Like I'd been there before, but it started in COVID. Like, because we would just, we'd be like, where do you want to drive to today? Because we just wanted to, to kill time. And so, but that, that we fell in love with it in, in Rockport and all it's that. Yeah. So definitely. Area. It totally is. Yeah. Do you, do you have Apple TV? 
I do not. So you, you, you might be able to get a like a year free with your phone. So you have an Apple user. You might, you might just oh, check really? that out. Yeah, you check that out all after right. because you should watch Coda. It's awesome. All right. I'm all about free stuff. <laughs> so yeah. So your thoughts on the whole, because you want to bring, what are, you, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? Yeah, I know you're a huge Will Smith fan. Like you're a huge I am. Prince fan. So it's like, I know this must be tough to kind of like. It's very tough. And did you see what, did you see what Tatiana Ali, by the way, one of Eric Elfell's first dream crushes, she, she came out and said, like, she pretty much said, like, I, I love Will Smith. He was wrong. He, what he did was wrong. But that said, like, I still love him. I, he's a very emotional guy. Very, I, I think he said he had a big heart or she said he had a big heart. But so my thing is, there's a few things. I don't. I, I feel like it, it's easy. I don't think you should have slapped Chris Rock, obviously. You're at an award show. And honestly, if you if you go to an award show, this is to Jada Pinkett Smith. If you go to an award show and you can't take a joke, you probably shouldn't be sitting in the front row or the front second within reason, obviously. Like someone makes a joke about something. And I know she is. It's, it's her hair loss is from a health thing and whatever. But the one thing I will give, what I wish Will Smith did was I wish he used it later i know he couldn't tell that he was going to win the award but it would have been awesome if he won the award and then made a speech and was like you know just talking about bullies and jokes and everything like that but i mean chris rock was just making a joke so i so it's it's tough like he's supposed to make jokes he's chris rock yeah same page as chris yeah right yeah i mean and as chris rock joke goes and Chris Rock, right, like I say, he probably should have his research, but it might not have even been him. He has people write his jokes for him. He should have done those award ceremonies. So it's like, who knows whose fault it was that because right after that happened, people saw him going back to his writer's room to see, you know, you know, anyways, like you said. Yeah, so, and as Chris Rock jokes go, that, that was, was actually pretty tense. Pretty mild. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's pretty mild. But the, here's the one thing I will say because I, I don't think you should have slapped anyone. Right. And everyone's everyone's made the everyone's seen the memes where He's the joke first happens, he's laughing, yeah. and then Jada either like looked at him or gave him like a knee under the table. So I mean, I don't know what I would do in that situation. I know that I wouldn't have slapped him on national right. TV. Slap him or shout profanity <laughs> on a nationally right. televised program. <laughs> so right. it's like but I think I think and I'm not a shrink and I don't know Will Smith and I don't know Jada Pinkett Smith or Jada Pinkett or whatever she goes by now, but I think it kind of speaks to insecurities in their relationship. Like they've, yeah. they've had their issues, their public issues, and I don't yes. want to get into that. Yeah. But I think Will was in a position where he was like, and I'm not defending what he did, but I think he doesn't know where he, he's, he looked like a man who was unsure of himself, which is totally opposite yeah. of what Will Smith has looked like his entire career. Yeah. So no, I, I agree. Know. He looked like the, Hopefully, you know, he gets help if he needs it. Like, that's the thing what it comes down to because you don't want to see him go off the rails too far. No, and I, and I don't want him to – I don't think Will Smith is a bad dude, and I, and, I, and I honestly don't think he's like – I know a lot of people have been saying, like, oh, this is Hollywood, people are crazy, which I agree with sometimes. I don't think Will Smith's that out of touch with reality normally. I think as – I mean, compared to Hollywood people. Um, I think he just had a – he had a moment and it was like a perfect storm of whatever his relationship is with his wife, a joke at the wrong time. I don't know. Who knows, man, but talk about the, like 
the top the topic of your career and then having it tarnished like in one night almost like what a wild concept exactly that's crazy you work you, you climb he basically like climbed up mount everest took a picture and then found out he had like shit on his face or something yeah, like right. it's, it's <laughs> like you you worked you worked for 30 plus years yeah to get to this point and then and that's just, what's remembered yeah exactly and I haven't seen I haven't seen the the movie that he won for, but I've heard he's great in it. He's great in it, yeah. He's, he's a he's, he's a super talented guy, and, yeah. you know, and he's a very smart guy. So that's why it's confusing when very smart people do dumb things, but it happens. So it does. And uh, before we get into what we're watching, I well the Bruce Willis news, real shame oh, uh, with Bruce Willis because like talked about an actual like legend and for like we grew up with Bruce Willis. Yep. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I can't remember what the disease is called. It was something that I hadn't heard of, or I, I think the name looked kind of familiar, but I was totally clueless. I haven't like the rest either. of yeah. us. And then I googled it. it, or I read an article, and I don't know how fast acting it is. I don't know if there's things they can do to slow it down. But yeah, I just, I, I hope that he's able to have like a good life yeah. you know for you know because i mean i love to see bruce willis in movies yeah of course but honestly i just bruce willis hasn't really been making like new movies that i am like super pumped to see in a while yeah and more importantly i just want the guy to have a happy life you look oh like, yeah he's, 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 he's earned, definitely deserves earned it. it yeah right. yeah it's it goes it kind of explains the whole like people laughing out and making fun of him in the past for having lines fed to him over like a headset but now i'll make like it all makes sense now it's like why because he's been selling his property way like the last like however many months because he's been preparing like he knows what's happening yeah so it's crazy how like he's keeping it so hush hush that's that's brutal man yeah but, so some good news you can uh, watch anything good yeah tick tick boom have you seen that on netflix no. uh andrew garfield's in it it's uh oh I, I just saw something about that today but no oh, i haven't man. seen it drama from the oscars side i think andrew garfield had the best performance and i wish he won it was an incredible the dude is so talented in that movie that movie shows off all of his acting chops he can sing carry emotion it's he's insane. also like, very likable he's so he, andrew garfield is so likable like he has that charisma both off screen and on screen but this movie especially man he was so good in it it's like I'm happy Will Smith finally got his Oscar, but man, like of all the years, like Andrew Garfield, like oh, this was his year, but yeah. Well, he's got a lot of time. He what is he? Seven he years old. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what is he? Seven years old. <laughs> Jeez. Um, and we've been Powell and I have been watching the OC. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. And Powell... she's she's been asking about it. So we watched the first four episodes in like the last week or so. So we're taking it slow. But uh, yeah, she is every once in a while. She likes to watch the OC tonight. I'm like, yeah, let's watch an episode. And we're slowly of the trying... of the things you've made that poor girl sit through. <laughs> the OC is not. That's fine. That's anyone. I could watch the OC if I, you know. Oh, could but... you? You're not going to though. No, there's way okay. there's tons of stuff to watch. I can't even watch <laughs> stuff that I I really want to watch. But how about you? Have you watched anything? Um. So first. So I've been watching a ton of spring training baseball and a ton of NHL hockey. But aside from that, um, still snowfall still going. So have to be honest, there was an episode a couple of weeks ago that had a couple of like weird subplots. Um, but the week after that, so 
last week, I think they snapped back into form and I was like, all right, fine. It was just one weird week. I actually messaged the guys from um, real for real podcast about it. Check them out. I know I've mentioned them on the podcast before, but, um, but yeah, they snapped out of it, got back to normal. And now uh, what else have I been watching? Watch uh, London has fallen. Oh, glad a fun movie, yeah. yeah exactly there's still a place in hollywood for a 90 minute movie with just like explosions and <laughs> yeah. cheesy yeah. lines and sometimes you need that sometimes you don't want to think and then i also watched have you seen uh the guilty on netflix with jason uh jake gyllenhaal i haven't dude <laughs> so we brian my wife and i heard him on a podcast and he was like i don't even remember what podcast it was and he was like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this movie. And he kind of gave like a little brief synopsis of, of it. And I was like, and we were both like, oh, that sounds cool. What an emotional, like, not even a roller coaster, just like kick in the gut. And oh, my God, I, I can't. Joan Hall is very good in it. Yep. And it's, it's a good movie. But I, it's not a movie that I could say go watch because it just makes you feel like shit. Yeah. It's, the you know those movies? The Rucker movie, uh, Dream Effects. It's like, you know, it's like people like it, but you just can't yeah. watch it again. It's like a one-time watch and you're done with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It was like, and just when you think, like every everything that, you know, you know how like you don't want to watch, um, I'm trying to think of something, that, like, okay, so like racial stuff. If someone's been through some bad racial things, you would. there are certain movies you wouldn't want to, suggest for them to watch because it might bring up bad memories whatever this does this movie doesn't have that that i can remember but it has everything else like (laughs) oh you have a person that's sensitive to this they touch on that and it just it i I, it was like emotionally exhausting but it's only two hours i was i felt like crap at the end of it (laughs) but jonah was really good at it i just like i said i can't watch it at your own risk i would say yeah but um, anything else? No, I'm like, again, I'm just rewatching of Scrubs and all that, but Tick, Tick, Boom was the one that really stood out as like, oh, I have to mention this movie when we talk because like, it was just so good. Yeah, well, I'll check that out. And again, like, we know, I don't want to get too into uh, this because I know we're going to be getting to our episode in a second, but I love how with Tick, Tick, Boom, we, right off the bat, they tell you, the viewer, if you weren't aware, the person who Andrew Graff is portraying, he dies. Okay. And so right from the start, they tell you that right opening line that he, you know, this is his story. Yep. And the whole thing is it leads up to him making Rent, the famous Broadway show. Yep. But they don't even get to that. It's just all about his life before that happens. It's like, I love how they took that. They didn't like drag off his, his death and make this a big emotional thing. It was more of like a celebration of his life, which yep. I really appreciated seeing like a... Oh, sounds cool. Yeah. Check it out. If you're into that, it's like... A, a life of a musical, so it's a musical in a way. So if you're yep. I'm not sure if you'll if you like that as much. I, yeah, I could watch that. I could definitely check that out. So you guys heard Joe's twisted quote and you heard the trailer. Today we're gonna to be talking about 61. It was my pick. Um really it's because oh actually before we get into that, I'm drinking two seam from Idle Hands Brewing. So um they have four seam and I've had, I think they had six seam and now this is two seam. So uh baseball themed beer. And that's kind of why I picked it. I'm getting excited for baseball. I think this is um, a not underrated because most people that have seen it agree that it's a, a pretty, pretty solid baseball movie, 
but it's definitely a lesser known film, probably because it was an HBO film and not in theaters. But um, so I didn't, my memory of the film, I didn't see this when it first came out. I think I probably found this either, either probably like Bill Simmons wrote a sports blog about it years ago, or I've, I found it reading in some magazine about best baseball movies or something. But I did see it for the first time probably like, I don't know, 15 years ago, maybe a little bit more than that. And I remember really liking it. And uh, yeah, that, that's it. And, but I hadn't seen it in a while. I've seen it. I probably saw it a few times 15 years ago. And then I, but it had been a while since I rewatched it. So I was pumped to sit down and see it again. Um, what about you? What's your memory of it? Yeah. So I bought this DVD. Remember the old uh, Walmart $5 bins way back when? They, I don't know if they still have those. Yes. This yeah, I don't know if they long, do, yeah. Yeah, a long, long time ago, I found this movie before I even, you know, knew about the, you know, the act whatever. Yeah, I, I bought this. I watched it. I loved it. I immediately had my father watch it with me on DVD. He loved it. So it was, I've seen it since probably I watched with my dad years and years and years ago because it's only put on TV that much, unfortunately, anymore. Um, but man, like, I loved it then and watching it now, like you said, it really is one of the better TV movies for sure. Yeah. Um, and there are picking a random movie out of the Walmart $5 bin doesn't go well often, but that this one, <laughs> this one is a rare, a rare victory. Um, I know it was an HBO movie, but do you have any stats as far as how this did or I do. So 61 is actually our first TV movie cover on the podcast. And it was originally released on April 28th, 2001. Because the premiere on HBO, I couldn't find a budget for this one or the number of viewers it received during the premiere. Um, but 61 was written by Hank Steinberg, who doesn't have an extensive film career in writing, but has been involved with numerous TV shows, such as The Nine, which he created, Without a Trace, which he created, and um, The Last Ship and For Life, both of which he created. So he's been involved with a lot of TV shows, especially Without a Trace, which went on for quite a while. Um, not too bad on the TV side of things for him. And the movie was directed by a uh, lifelong Yankees fan, Billy Crystal. So other than mentioning he was the lead in our very first episode of the podcast, I'll be focusing on his small directorial list. I'm not sure if you were covering his acting gigs or not, but I figured I was focused on the yeah, directing yeah. No, side go ahead, things go ahead, for this. Yeah. Um, he directed a couple of stand-up specials, Mr. Saturday Night, Forget Paris, and Here Today, all starring himself. Um, Here Today especially, which came out pretty recent, a pretty good movie too. But yeah, so a yeah. lot of this movie is pretty cool. I, I, I write this down for the facts, but a lot of this movie was actually from Billy Crystal's memory, which is really neat. I Yeah, I have a fact about that. Yeah. yeah so. And Billy Crystal is a diehard Yankees yeah. fan, <laughs> without a doubt. But I think what this film shows, and I'm going to mention this probably 10 times to the rest of the, the categories that we go over, is Billy Crystal is a baseball fanatic and he's a baseball geek and so am i and and so that's that's what i love about it and baseball it's not a good thing that I'm, what i'm about to say is not a good thing but baseball's turning into almost like comic books where like there's not a ton of there's fewer and fewer baseball fans every day it stinks but they're trying to do some things to change the rules and whatever but i think the fact that billy crystal is such a baseball freak shows through this movie over and over and over again and how much he loves not only the Yankees, not only Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle, but
but just the game of baseball yeah. is Your this film is dripping details. with it. Yeah, yep. for sure. Yeah. So you said it premiered on HBO in April of uh, 2001. Yes. And that it also, one of my fun facts that I had down was this movie was actually given a special premiere in April of 2001 at the Fargo Theater in Fargo, North Dakota, which is Roger Maris's hometown. So I thought that was kind of a nice That's touch. Cool. Yeah. Um, we're going to go over some movies that came out in April 2001 in film, even though this is just an HBO release. Just wanted to mention it to kind of give some perspective. Um, Along Came a Spider, Blow uh, with Johnny Depp, Joe Dirt, Josie and the Pussycats, Bridget Jones, Bridget Jones Diary, Freddie Got Fingered, and Driven. So, you know, pretty mediocre month, I think. There's some, a lot of movies that I remember, not really one that I, that blew me away, but um, outside of film, the Netherlands became the first country in the world to make same-sex marriage legal. Way to go, Netherlands. Wild that it took that long. Uh, Roger Clemens got the AL all-time strikeout record. Ichiro became the first Japanese position player to appear in an MLB game. And piece of trash, Michael Vick is drafted first overall by Atlanta. So some other things that were going on. Um, do you have a back of the DVD or back of or HBO preview summary for this one? I do. Well, actually, you have the five dollar DVD. So I yeah, I had I have it with me. So this was something I found online, yeah, but funny. it sounds up pretty well. It's pretty easy, pretty easy movie to sum up. Um, aiming for one of the most famed records in sports history, a pair of very different baseball players hit home runs at an impressive rate. Roger Maris, a reserve sort, is much less popular than his hard partying New York Yankee teammate Mickey Mantle the player who many observers think will be the one to challenge Babe Ruth's record of 60 home runs in one season. But in the summer of 1961, Maris surges ahead of Mantle, making a run at Ruth's mark. That's good. That's a solid description. And I, and I don't... Um, one thing that I, I thought re-watching this that I definitely wouldn't have thought of when I was younger is baseball is a very hard sport to do a season-long uh, movie about without getting really boring because there's 162 or at this, you know, 162, 154, depending on when they get the season was um, game season. And I think this one does a really good job of like showing you that it's a long season and showing you the wear and tear without getting, without seeming, seeming too like long and drawn out. But so real um, quick, before we get yeah. into like the, like the things we usually talk about, as a baseball fan, do you agree that this should have an asterisk at the end of it? Because no. okay, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, it's I, I don't think so. It, it, you, if you start doing that, you get into like, there's too many things that have changed overall. Because you could say like, yeah, but Babe Ruth wasn't facing black pitchers, you know. And there wasn't a ton of black pitches in 61 either. It's black players in general. There wasn't enough, but um, there's too many like moving parts. Or if someone, if someone breaks a record now, it's like, oh, there's a DH. Now there's going to be two, two DHs in the National League. There's too many, like, I think you just have to, I mean, if it was a huge difference, I would say yes, but I don't know. I, I think, I think the record should stand uh, as is. I, and really it's still the, the record to me because yeah. we all know that Mark uh, McGuire <laughs> has not aged very well. Yeah, well, no, him, Sosa, Bonds, yeah. they, they all had some, had some extra spinach. So <laughs> that is an asterisk that I, right. will, yes. I will acknowledge. Yeah. But I agree. Um, 
bonus bonus category for me I, just some i made notes of some old school baseball things that i loved uh the first one is professional athletes that looked like normal people like they look like athletic guys for sure but they looked like they'd be like your friend's dad who played rec league basketball when you're growing up like they're like oh they're in pretty good shape you know yeah. and then uh <laughs> also drinking a beer after games drinking like 20 beers after games is awesome um all the guys just ripping cigarettes not a good idea children not don't don't do that but it's just a throwback to a time when like the peak of ath- the the best athletes in the world are just crushing cigarettes and that's yeah that's like a- bob's character is so funny like it looks like you said looks like you're like a 40 year old like yeah. father who's just, yeah just he doesn't he doesn't even look like yeah he doesn't even look like an athletic guy he just looks like a dad um and then another thing that was awesome is uh shots of the crowd for two reasons they're all super well dressed and that's coming for me i'm the biggest scrub in the world so i'm not saying that like oh, i go to games today and i'm dressed up and these kids today no, no no i dress like a scrub too but it is cool to see like people in the crowd just like it was an event and they dressed up for it and you know what else they didn't do because it wasn't around no one on their phone it's so refreshing to watch i know it's a movie but to watch people like if you watch old games throwback games and everyone there is just sitting looking at the field it's it's just nice and then last thing no batting gloves shout out will myers vlad jr goes barehanded sometimes i love that uh, and i i think it's great i i'm a big baby and if i was i would wear batting gloves if i were them but i think it's awesome when guys don't do it so um I don't have a ton to say as um, Billy Crystal. You kind of touched on his directing stuff, but I just wanted to mention, like I said, um, how much he loves baseball and how much his film shows that. I'm a Red Sox fan. doesn't matter. I love talking about baseball. I love listening to others talk about it when they clearly love it and they know what they're talking about it, know what they're talking about. And the dedication at the end of the movie just gave me chills. Um, So I wanted to mention that just because baseball is kind of like a little kid's game. And I think that that's the good thing about it, whether we're talking about Sandlot or field of dreams or this is that if you're a baseball fan, I think watching, there are certain things that just make you feel like you're 12 years old again, or 10 years old. And the dedication before the ending credits from Billy Crystal, from my father, Jack Crystal, who took my brother and me to our first game at Yankee stadium, May 30th, 1956. When I, and I had seen this movie before, when I saw that, I got like chills up my spine because that that is the great thing about baseball that I don't think the other yes, sports it's, it's you know? passed on. Like you said, I can't imagine a lot of people continuing to pass it on to their kids. Like it's something that my dad, I watch because of my dad, you watch because of your dad, I'm sure. So it's like it's, that yep. has passed on, which is yep. really cool. Like, yep. you know, yeah. Yeah. There was, there was another quote that I, I, I would have actually said that instead of my uh, dick one, which I still like as well, but there's a quote <laughs> that Roger Maris says, I couldn't remember the exact phrase, I couldn't find it either. Something like, uh, don't the fans have enough space in their hearts for two of us? And like, man, yeah. like that line just crushed me. Like, I don't know the exact phrasing of it, but, but like, yeah. man, like, you really feel that line when he says that. I'm like, the yep. writing this movie is so good. Like, yeah. this, this is a TV movie. <laughs> so it's like, yes. Insane. Yep. I agree. Um, so moving on from, from Billy Crystal, some other cast members and what they were doing going into the movie. So Barry Pepper, he plays Roger Maris. I love Barry Pepper for a few reasons. One, Canadian. Two, he reminds me of my uncle Brian. He looks like him. And so I've just always, I've always just been a fan of him. Um, you know him as probably best known as a sniper in Saving Private Ryan. 
He's also the corrections officer, uh, Stanton from the Green Mile. And he's Frank in the 25th Hour, which is a super underrated movie. Um, he's also the journalist in We Were Soldiers and Casino Jack and True Grit. And I just, I just really like him. I kind of wish he did more. Um, or I wish I saw him in more bigger pictures. So Thomas Jane, he plays kind of as the co-star, Mickey Mantle. And you know Thomas from Boogie Nights, The Punisher, uh, Hung on HBO, and a bunch of other things. Those are probably three of his more most well-known surprise cast member that I was like, I totally forgot this guy was in it. Anthony Michael Hall as Whitey Ford, probably his best departure from his early fame. Like everyone knows him from 16 Candles, Breakfast Club, Weird Science, National Lampoon's Vacation, and more. But if you it's like enough time had passed. He had aged enough where you can watch this movie and be like, Hey, I like that guy. And then you're almost like, wait a minute, is that Anthony Michael Hall? So kudos to him. And then other notable cast members, Bruce McGill, who, you know, from my cousin Vinny and a million other movies. Um, Chris Bauer from the wire plays uh, Bob serve uh, the late Donald Moffat, a British actor who always seemed to play like an American president or Senator or like maybe a military officer or something. He played Commissioner Ford Frick. Christopher McDonald, a.k.a. Shooter McGavin, played legendary Yankee broadcaster Mel Allen, the, the voice of the Yankees forever. Bob Gunton, a.k.a. the warden from Shawshank, played Dan Topping, president of the Yankees. And lastly, I have to mention Dominic Lombardozzi of Entourage and The Wire fame played Moose. So, I which... What's that? What, what, what was what, from who's in entourage? He's Dom. He plays Dom, their obnoxious oh, friend. Right. Oh my goodness. <laughs> he basically <Yes>. plays himself. <laughs> right. He plays an obnoxious guy that came away from there. Eric's. Yeah. Nice. Okay. No Black <laughs> so, Dolly shout out, Eric. What's this? No, I know. I know. Poor Sorry. Bob. Sorry, Bob. Yeah. 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 Um, what'd you have down for random facts? I had a, a few. Um, I had four. So because there was no accurate, we talked about this a little bit before. Um, there's no accurate documentation of it. No one knew what the precise color of Yankee Stadium seats were in 61. When faced with this dilemma, production designer Rusty Smith was told that Billy Crystal had an old bleacher seat from Yankee Stadium. Though the seat was completely painted blue, Smith found one small chip of green on the seat that proved to be the true Yankee Stadium green. Again, those small awesome. details. It's insane. Yep. Um, the fan who runs out and shakes... Uh, shakes Roger Morris's hand and slaps him on the back as he approaches home plate after the record-breaking 61st home run is an actual lifelong Maris fan who was present at the original game. He was hired as a consultant and always wished he could have been that guy back in the summer of 61 when he saw the game as a 13-year-old kid. Super awesome. cool fan service again. Like, all oh, this movie is that, yep. I feel like, just fan yep. service. The story of Whitey Ford tell, um, tells about Mickey Mantle tearing his knee because Joe DiMaggio made him back off a fly ball is true. According to Billy Crystal, Mickey had told him that story before and had even said, my knees were done right there and then. Yep. It's pretty cool how they hung out, Mitt Mantle and Crystal. Like, Yeah, yeah they're knows, good friends. He actually, yeah, he actually knows him. Yep. Um, and then the last one I have is, according to Billy Crystal in the DVD commentary, the scene of Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris doing the hot dog commercial was supposed to end with Roger's line, Hey, Mickey, shouldn't we be in the field? But Crystal kept the camera rolling and all the goofs of Mickey and Roger laughing in the shooting were really the reactions of Thomas Jane and Barry Pepper, which Crystal decided to leave in the scene. I, was uh, always, yeah. I love that. It's one of my favorite scenes, actually. So. Ah, no, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. 
um, to, I had a couple, but to follow up on the seat thing that you talked about, the Yankee stadium scenes were shot at a redressed tiger stadium in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, the infield seats at the stadium were painted green and a partial third deck and a 1961 Bronx skyline were added digitally in post-production. So again, attention to detail, attention to detail as a close friend of Mickey Mantle and his family. Billy Crystal was given permission by the family to honestly portray Mantle's drinking and kind of moving around in the night. Uh, many of the moments in the movie of Mantle getting drunk really happened. This includes his getting drunk and calling home at 2 a.m. from his hotel room, as in the scene following the death threats to Roger Maris and his family. So I think that's pretty surprising, but also impressive that his family allowed Billy Crystal. It's awesome that Billy Crystal asked for permission, but it's great that they gave it to him to tell the honest story. Yeah, I feel like if because it was anyone else, at least you think they would have. Because Billy right. Crystal is Billy Crystal, a lifelong Yankees fan, friends of, friend of Mantle, so like all yep. kind of like... Right, so. right. Um, most of the details of the games, re- and you kind of touched on this earlier, most of the, de- the details of the games recreated for the film were based on Billy Crystal's firsthand memories of having seen or watched the actual games. As a result, the film's crew re- crew members nicknamed him Rain Man for his uncanny ability to remember the games to the smallest detail, which is awesome. Um, despite the way Mrs. Ruth, Babe Ruth's wife, played by Claire Merritt Hodgson, is portrayed in the film, she actually visited Roger Maris after his 60th home run. Maris whispered in her ear, don't feel badly. No one will replace the babe. Um until he had been hired to, oh, this, I have to tie a story to this. Let me, I'll, I'll end with that other one. So right-handed uh, Anthony Michael Hall portrays left-handed pitcher Whitey Ford to get around that. And because he was obsessed with details, all scenes with Hall pitching were shot with the actor wearing reverse insignia and numbers. Then the film was flipped so as to appear that he was left-handed. So it's like a mirror image situation. This is the same technique that was used with Gary Cooper when he played Lou Gehrig, Lou Gehrig in The Pride of the Yankees. Um, and then the one I wanted to mention, so until he had been hired to play Mickey Mantle for the film, Thomas Jane had never played baseball in his life and knew nothing about the game. Now, this blows my mind. I have a friend who's, I will not say his name because I know I have other friends that listen to the podcast, but and if, if this friend is listening, he's going to know what I'm talking about. We probably like 15 years ago, we played wiffle ball and we were like, Oh, you know, so-and-so you want to play. And he's like, yeah, he gets up to swing a bat and Joe, neither one of us are, you know, major league baseball players. Right. But you can swing a baseball bat kind of how baseball players swing it. Like I, 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 I'm, I was a, like I said, the most mediocre baseball player of all time, but I could do that. This kid looked like I asked him to play like the trumpet and he never played. Like he had never even swung it in his life, even just messing around. And me and my my friend Adam used to give him and his father shit because we were like, what kind of child did you raise in America that he doesn't know how to swing I was a baseball ask, bat? Was, he, was he from like Canada? Like where is he? No, from? Okay. no, he's from, from where we're from. Okay. We are like, how do you, we didn't think that was possible. Like, like my brother doesn't like baseball, right? I don't even remember if he played baseball growing up. You get my brother in a, in a wiffle ball game, he can swing a baseball bat. Like it's, you know, he's not going to make a college team, but he can look like he plays baseball for a second. But my one, I have this one friend who we were like, oh my God, what happened? To you? <laughs> so I was thinking of that when I read that fact. Um, did you have anything down for not in this millennium stuff that wouldn't fly if it was made today? 
Um, I mean, just the way the fans act now, and that you never seen acting like that in a movie, like throwing a chair, like well, fuck it, you can't. But just like the way they were so violent towards the fans, like we see it now, like throwing you know crap at the players, but not like thankfully it's not as as common to see that much violence consistently in the games, like Mar- like Maris is facing. Yeah. And then the uh, joke of Mc- Mark McGuire being uh, yeah. <laughs> represented in the beginning. But. Well, the Mark McGuire thing is so tough. The Mark McGuire thing is, it, it's like, it's a weird thing because that did save baseball. No, I remember sure. like that. That was so exciting. Like, that, my competition was so exciting for like between the two of them going back. It yeah. was so fun to watch. I watched the Red Sox growing up, but the first summer I remember watching, like regularly watching non Red Sox baseball, I was 13 in 1998. So that was like prime time. You know, I was the target audience so it's weird because like it, it's clearly he was not on the same nutritional regiment that roger maris was on, <laughs> right. on but it did help the game a lot so it's it's weird but yeah i get he's, what you're saying he's on the hall of fame is he mcguire he was never he was, no okay no okay he's on in bonds isn't in which that's a whole nother yeah. whole nother debate that we will leave for the sports podcast if you if you have a sports podcast and you're listening, and you want me to come on and debate it, shoot us a message with Leafy <laughs> on Instagram. I would love to. Um, yeah, I had pretty much the same thing. There wasn't anything super crazy that wouldn't fly in today's environment. I honestly, I think the thing in the film that would irritate some people today isn't anything that they showed, but actually something that they didn't show, and that's just kind of how the African American players were not they were treated they weren't really they were just acted like they were someone else in this movie which is great but that's not how it was i mean like jackie robinson broke through in 47 but it was not a friendly place to be for if you were an african-american for a long time and they kind of glossed over that but at the same time that's not what the movie was about and it's almost lose-lose because they can't really touch on that like if you if you mention that you almost have to get into it and that's like a whole nother plot line so but no, nothing other than the womanizing and whatever. But that's is what it is. That's that's the truth. That, so, what'd you have down for your favorite scene? Um, for my favorite scene, I had a few different things. I had, like we talked about, um, I loved well the hot dog scene, but I love the build up with the fans against uh, Maris while he closes in on Babe's record with Mantle out injured. I love how despite everything that's happening and how disappointing Mantle is, he's on the sideline cheering him on. It just kind of shows, you know, the whole, yep. the, the thought of people thought that they were really like fierce competitors, but they really weren't in this case. They were actual friends. And I love that, like, despite, you know, being out and not being able to compete, he was still cheering his teammates on and cheering his friend on. Yep. Um, I love the hot dog scene like we talked about. And I love it even more now that I saw that fun fact where they were actually, those were real goofs. Again, it just shows that they're bonding in that scene, which is probably my, one of my favorite moments with them together is just them goofing off laughing at this ridiculous hot dog commercial they're making and then my favorite thing about the movie though is the friendship between the two of them the way they had each other's backs the way they handled um the race the as a fun competition it's just i'm happy to see like that was assuming this is real like what minto was telling and all that i i love seeing that side of this behind the scenes race where they were just having fun with this whole thing the fans were treating a whole different told completely differently but behind the scenes though roger maris and mantle were still like you know friends doing this and it really makes you feel for what maris went through for sure because that yeah. part i guess 
was I was I did like a lot of research on this after I watched the movie. That part all was true, apparently, right. where the fans oh, yeah. treated him so crappy. So sucks what he went through during all of this, where you know they should have been cheering him on, witnessing this super cool moment. But well, think of think of like I mean they call I mean I think they still call the new Yankee Stadium this, but they called the old Yankee Stadium the house that Ruth built. Right, Yankees fans, you could go to Yankee. You could watch a Yankee game or go to a Yankee game today. There's 16-year-old kids walking around with Babe Ruth jerseys on, Babe Ruth, where their parents, parents, parents never saw Babe Ruth play. But he is he, – and he, he's a god in New York City and in baseball I, in general. Oh, no, I get so, it. But I love yeah. that quote, though. It's so generic, but records are meant to be – like, they're meant to be broken. And, like, yeah. that's what makes this sport so exciting, seeing, yep. like, witnessing history over and over again. But Yep. Yeah, no, and it's – it's kind of similar to the way that I was thinking about watching this movie is because when Babe Ruth set those records, people said, Oh, that'll never be broken. That'll never be broken. And around here, and I can say this cause I'm not people worship Tom Brady. So it would be like if, you know, 30 years from now, there's some player for some quarterback for the Patriots who is breaking Tom Brady's records. The, the people will be like, you're not the, you're not like Tom, blah, blah, blah. It, it's, he's a God. He's, he's, Babe Ruth is, is a god to people to Yankees fans. Tom Brady's a god to Patriots fans. So it's a tough. You don't want to be the guy that breaks the record. You want to be the guy that breaks that guy's record. You know what I mean? You don't want to be the next guy. You want to be the the one after. So yeah, my favorite scene I think was I love the um the Joe DiMaggio Mickey Mantle story where it kind of gives you it puts into perspective that Mickey Mantle wasn't always untouchable and he wasn't always a God and he went through a kind of a, not quite as bad, but a similar thing as far as coming up and being compared to another legend. And he, he actually, in a way he had a harder time because like you said, Mantle was accepting of Maris and nice to Maris and DiMaggio, at least according to this movie, was kind of a dick to, to, to make to the kid. So to the kid, Mickey Mantle. So I love that. And then the other thing I wanted to mention was what this movie does better than probably any other baseball movie is it covers baseball and its obsession and its fans and their obsession with records, numbers, everything better than anyone. I guess the close second would be Moneyball, uh, but 61 just does a, a great job of showing the pros and cons and the reporters constantly nagging both the guys, Mantle and Maris, the commissioner saying, yeah, but Ruth did it in fewer games and there is like, there is no other sport. Yeah, I don't know. There's just... Oh no, what you just said about that though, it really does show how fast media can turn someone, right? Because like Mm -hmm. we see it today all the time, media is constantly turning people into doing this thing, but the media was really turning everyone against Roger Maris these whole in this in this, which is like again, the media has so much control they still do, and it's like really wild seeing what Maris went through because of them. You so there are there's this like you said, this is still happening, and so the two sports I watch are uh hockey and baseball i go to i go to a million bruins games and i hear people in the crowd that are just regurgitating stuff that they heard on sports radio in boston and it drives me to drink because they have no idea what they're talking about they're just it's like the same thing with politics people just like yelling up bumper stickers that they've seen and it's it's that's that's so true and there's no other sport with more variables than baseball as far as like when you're talking records the parks are different up until this year there were different rules between the two leagues as far as the dh goes but all of the other sports don't care much as much about their records so it's weird because like baseball's history 
and its fans' obsession with history is one of the things that I love about it. And it's and what it gives to you is it gives you all these discussions. Like like you said, so does it bother you that he did it in a little bit? He had a few more games, and then I could say, yeah, but there wasn't African American pitchers, and then someone else could say that oh, so and so got some of his home runs as a DH, or there could be a Yankee player now that hits a bunch of home runs, and you could say how the they have that short short porch in the outfield, and pretty much I can hit a home run. So it's like not an apples to apples. There's no apples to apples situation. So, um, but yeah, I I, I love I love that part of it that yeah. Billy Crystal was so clearly a baseball nerd. So um, what do you have down for the soundtrack? I actually, do you have anything down for the soundtrack? I have one note to make. Yeah, I do. But why don't you go first? And I'll, <laughs> and I'll continue after you finish. So the one note that I have is I heard Lyle Lovett's voice and I looked up what song it was and it was Nobody Know Me by Lyle Lovett. And I have a Lyle Lovett story, which is Lyle Lovett's a pretty well-known musician who I, up until, I don't know, four, I think four or five years ago, I couldn't name one song of his. And I went to North Carolina for work and I was at a work dinner in the bathroom at the urinal and the song came on. I was like, who is this? I like this. And so I Googled the lyrics before I went back to the dinner table and it was my, it was Allie song by Lyle Lovett. Lyle Lovett. So that's my Lyle Lovett. I, I, I don't know many of his songs, but I find myself, sometimes I hear one of his songs and I'll be like, oh, I like this. So that's all I have to say. Well, actually, you, I, I didn't really mention anything of the licensed music, so it's good that you did. Um, the soundtrack was composed by Mark Shaman, and it's about what you expect from a sports movie. Music is really good and captures the emotion that both players are going through and really picks up as the home run races comes to a close. As for his filmography, he's worked with Billy Crystal a whole lot with films like When Hired Met Sally, City Slickers, Mr. Saturday Night, and so on. Some of the non-Crystal movies he scored are South Park, Bigger Long Run Uncut, The Kid, Patch Adams, The Adams Family, and most recently, Mary Poppins Returns, but he also had a cameo in the movie Tick, Tick, Boom. So I thought that was pretty relevant. It all, it all comes back yeah. to Tick, Tick, Boom. <laughs> um, so, all right. So if you could change one thing, I guess I can start. I don't have a ton, but... I don't think this movie really drags too bad at any particular point, but I do think that there was probably 10 or 15 minutes that could have been shaved off. Or, well, there's just some examples of like either how rough it was for Maris. There are so many of those that I think they could have removed a bit of that. Same thing with like Mickey Mantle parties too hard. There's a little bit of there's a stretch in the middle of the movie where it's like, it sucks to be Roger Maris. Mickey Mantle drinks a lot. It sucks to be Roger Maris. Mickey Mantle, Mickey Mantle drinks a lot. And the movie's only like it's a little bit over two hours two hours and nine minutes runtime and that's not bad but i think that there was some repetitive stuff that could could have either been trimmed entirely or replaced with something more valuable uh and then the only thing i have that i have a least favorite scene and it's the hotel room workout scene set to nobody knows me that's it uh, but i not much i would change yeah i'm not going what you said where some of the some of the the scenes were a little tedious like you said um between maris and um mantle and i do wish we saw maybe those scenes turn like you said a little more maybe more of mantle's family side we saw maris's family side talking to his wife and his kids so you get the feel for that but mental is just as relevant in this movie as maris was so i wish we had a little more focus on mental's feelings i don't know much about that and i was really interested and when he calls his family up at two in the morning and she's the uh the woman he's speaking to seems like, you know, she's not completely upset at this. So it's like, I really wish he had a little more of 
his yeah. side to balance it off a little bit. Yeah, I would have. I wonder. I I would agree with that. I wonder if that there was some limit if the permission that the Mantles gave him, if they were like, you know, yeah, you can make it clear that he was drinking and spending time with women or whatever. But like, like I wonder if they were like, can you not focus on it too much or something? Yeah. But who knows? I mean, only Billy Crystal and the Mantle family knows that. But right, yeah. But yeah, like you said, I really want you to hold up. This movie was, was, was paced pretty well for the most part. Right. All right. Well, if you've listened to the podcast before, you know that this is the part of the pod where we give our we rate the movie on a scale of one to five. Would you mind paying late fee to keep this movie? So a score of one is you turn it on for a few minutes and they're showing the Mark McGuire highlights and you're like, I this is stupid. I, I don't want to watch this roided up man crush home runs that are by the way, his home runs were like five hundred and eighty feet every single time. But all the way up to score of five, which is you watch the movie. Uh, you keep it a few extra days to watch it a few more times. Maybe even just buy it from the video rental store so you can watch it a million times like Joe did. He bought it at the $5 bin at Walmart. So score of one is low. Score of five is high. This was my pick. So Joe's going to go first. And Joe, what are you? what's the score you're giving a 61? It's crazy. I'm going to score this high as a TV movie, but I give it a four out of five. Um, 61 is one of the better TV movies without a doubt. It has so much love put into it from Billy Crystal's directing to the incredibly believable chemistry between Jen and Pepper. It has no right being as good as it does as a TV movie. And if you told me it premiered in theaters first, I'd believe you. Um, it has a really good balance of, between baseball and the personal stories of the characters and what they went through during this historic race. Um, and if you honestly, if you haven't seen 61 and you have an interest in baseball, I honestly recommend this over most baseball films that premiere in theaters. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, I, I I never thought about this until what you were just saying, but what you were saying um, compared to most movies that premiered in theaters, and then I was wondering, you know, Billy Crystal's a you know pretty big name. This why didn't this get made in theaters, especially after the home run race in '98? But I wonder if that's why. I wonder if because I would think that that would make this even more of a topic in th- only three years later. Yeah. But I wonder if they were like. No, that seems old because the new home run record is this. I mean, it's weird that not with all the bad movies that get made in theaters and given theater, like, you know, how yeah, did yeah. this one not get a deal? I know. It's well, a shame because it's really good. <laughs> so it it's, is. It's like, and it's, it's, it's going to hold people from seeing it. A lot, of, a lot of people don't know this exists for the most part, like you said. So it's like it's just buried in the baseball archives now. Right, right. So. I think that I also think this is a great baseball movie. I think it's a little bit of a different one. And I think a lot of other baseball movies focus on kind of just the Americana of baseball and just the romance of baseball. And this has that as well with like the record talk, but it's kind of mostly about the story, the true story of two of the, the best of all time, battling it out and, and, and chasing history. And, but at the same time, like you said, working together, which is a cool dynamic. And I think some of the lines really, the only at the beginning, the opening batting practice scene, some of the lines were a little bit forced, but there are a few moments, like very few moments where the HBO production of the, of the film shows, but not many. And I agree. I think this is better than most, not all, but most baseball movies that I've seen that had theatrical releases. Um, as a baseball fan, like a diehard baseball fan, for me, I gave this a four and a half out of five. If you're not a baseball fan, it probably will you probably won't give it a four and a half out of five. But I honestly think you'd like it. I think I could sit down with my wife and watch 
watch this movie. It's it's really good. It it's just yeah. It's it's I really enjoyed rewatching this. It was maybe even better than I remembered it. So I liked it. I do. Yeah. Question now for you. So I know this is kind of the, this is another. I don't want you like to spend a lot of time with obviously, but it's like another debate within yeah. the baseball universe. There, do you think Maris deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because a lot of people like I was reading like it's really is both ways. He had I guess his record his his statistics kind of dwindled a little bit as his career went on from that, but still he's historical in the sense where it's like he changed baseball or he helped change baseball. So it's really yeah. it's really debatable. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's kind of similar to because if it was any other sport, I would say no. But because baseball is so obsessed with its records and so this is the thing that's like the the one baseball stat that stood for so long. I I think, yeah, I think he does. I'm, I'm weird about the Hall of Fame. Like I would rather you be... I think there are too many people in the Hall of Fame in all sports that are pretty good for a long period of time. Like there's one hockey player who I love. I love him. And he's in the Hall of Fame. But it kind of bothers me because I the way I think of it is he never once he had a long career. And he never once, if you were like, who's the best forward in the NHL, he wouldn't have ever been in the conversation. So I'm like, what's better to be the one of the greatest of all time for a short period of time or to be like an all-star or almost an all-star for 20 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why, that's why I love that quote uh, when the manager's going Maris, where it's like, you know, DiMaggio, Ruth, these guys were larger than they're larger than baseball. And they're like, right. And that's where you are now. You're larger than baseball that you want, yep. whether you like it or not. Like that, like I said, is the truth of it. Like in this case, he was, every what the thing everyone's talking about so it's it's interesting and like i said especially in baseball where records mean so much you could you could pick the most diehard football fan and say who who's got the record for most tds or who what's the all-time rushing record and they may be able to tell you who has it but they're not going to be able to tell you what the number is you know what i mean baseball fans records mean more than anything so yeah yeah um yeah, no, I really like it. Bring me baseball. Welcome to Boston, Trevor Story. I'm excited for Red Sox season and baseball season in general. And yeah, I really like watching this. Two seams from my hand was delicious. So check that out if you have access to it. Follow us on Instagram, worth a late fee. Suggestions are always welcome. Um, we'll be back next week. And this is Joe. This was my pick. So next week is Joe's pick. And I have absolutely no idea what he's picking so joe what are we talking about next week we're going to completely shift gears and watch the foreign film the secret in their eyes have you ever seen it i have not but you know it's you know what's funny is i almost because i know how you feel about this movie and and the american remake and i almost picked the american one I, no. I saw okay. no, I no, I saw I've never seen the, I've never seen the American one. So. You haven't? Not the American one, no. The the am I thinking of the right movie? They did make it, oh. they did remake it. Uh there's the there's the original foreign version that they did remake it with American accents, which I've never seen before. Oh man, Joe, we might have to do a back to back. Oh no. <laughs> no, the American one's good. I remember Is it okay? I, I thought you had seen it because I remember telling you 
No, the Brie and I saw the original. original is excellent. So I wanted. So okay, so if we do this, it'd be, it'd be interesting. If we go back to back, I feel I feel both this. I think. So. All right, all right. Well, we'll see. We'll at least start with the foreign one and see yes. if it see if I get mad at Joe again like I did his last pick. So. <laughs> but thank you guys very much for listening, and we'll be back next week. Yep. As always, thank you. <laughs>